everybody, and welcome to episode 104 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... I'm the Daywalker, as they say, uh, Chris Mint. That's, Wait, no, that's Hannibal. That's Hannibal, yeah. That's that's not even Hannibal from the A-Team. That's Hannibal from... There's no good plans here. No, there is not. Especially so if you're going to eat people's livers and stuff. With some fava beans. <laughs> Tasty good. There's jelly babies though. <laughs> Tropical jelly babies. Yeah, exactly. We're pushing the boat out here. It's only taken, what, the guts of... 70 plus more episodes to get back to Jelly Baby I should actually write that on Facebook so like whenever we record like in a year's time well like it was a year ago today we tried Tropical Jelly Babies but yeah wasn't it around episode wasn't it around that sort of episode 30 sort of oh wasn't that that? no it was was the crazy episode episode 4 or no episode 14 14 yeah 14 because 13 you didn't do because you were superstitious so episode 14 and 15 was Jericho Yes, it was around that sort of time yeah, period. Yeah, so that's when everyone was actually, Jelly Baby. And it's actually more than 70. That was the episode. If you want to listen to the early days, folks, go, <laughs> Good luck go, to go back to around that yeah. area. If you see something floating around about uh, us interviewing Chris Jericho at the time, I'd like to think we prompted Chris Jericho to do podcasting back in the day, not to tr- toot our own horns. Well, to be, fair like to, to, to be fair to him, he was real grump whenever we interviewed him. <sighs> Ooh, because controversial we, we asked him, like, our favourite convert character, and it was like, ah, Batman. And then, yeah, you know, I, do, I do remember I asked him a question about ice, ice hockey, hockey. And, like, yeah. and he is notoriously played up that he's a big ice hockey fan his dad played ice hockey for the Rangers all that sort of stuff and I was like you know ask him ice hockey question he basically like meh yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so, Jericho, do you want to be interviewed again <laughs> but no it's around that time period if you go back there's this crazy episode that we were just on a sugar high and talking nonsense <laughs> so um, because there's just a part wherever <laughs> you say something I say something to you and you went I'm sorry what and it's just the way you said it and I just went into complete convulsions and you went you actually have tears streamed down your face it's quite humorous and then I couldn't catch my breath I was laughing that much oh. funny days feels like yesterday yeah it does but uh, yes welcome to episode 104 everyone on track now with something that isn't Avengers but it's still based on but Marvel, still Marvel proper yeah yeah so if, if you're a DC fan, sorry, you are out of luck for to, now. To be fair, yes, for now. I know there's probably folks who are like, these flipping plonkers are, again, I'm just using all the UK <laughs> oh, and Northern Ireland, Ireland terms wow. here that Americans are like, what the heck is this guy even saying? Idiot. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, we will get to DC. We will get to DC. We're specifically planning to talk about the Arrowverse once all those seasons round up. So that probably won't be too far in the distant future you'll have. I think it's like two weeks until it finishes or it's something arrows, like that. arrows rounding out um, by the time everybody hears this uh, in about a week's time. Really? That soon? So it is. It's, it's Arrows a week ahead of Flash. Okay. So it is. So I think when we're recording this, this is a kind of a week ahead of schedule to break the magic for you all <laughs> um, there's two episodes of Arrow left by the time everybody hears this then there'll be one after mm-hmm. that so it rounds up and then the following week Flash uh, rounds up so by the time you hit Heroes and Villains fan fest Arrow will definitely be done yeah. Flash will have either just finished or be finishing that coming week mm-hmm. um, but once everybody's rounded up we'll maybe not wait for Supergirl because I have feelings about the Supergirl TV show since it's come back and it has not been enjoyable. Um, but we'll definitely do stuff for Arrow and Flash, I'd say. Okay. Um, maybe Legends, maybe not. We'll see how it goes. But you will get 
you will get DC stuff in the coming weeks, folks, because another couple of shows in the lead-in um, to the end of the month, and then once Chris is back from Heroes and Villains Fans Fest, we'll hear about all that, and then we'll probably have a Han Solo review show after that, and then we can get stuck into some DC stuff. But back to the Marvel Universe... And before the MCU, Chris. Yes, so we're here to talk about Blade. So, my first question for you, Alan, is... Wesley Snipes plays Blade in a series of films. Would he fit in well with the Avengers, etc. today? Interesting question. I know, that's why I asked us. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yes and no. I think the tone wouldn't fit. Mm -hmm. Probably, because this is... This does have jokes, but... It is a lot darker. It is a lot more serious. Do you think he would fit more in with Deadpool then with, than the Avengers? Which is funny because obviously Deadpool... Deadpool? Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool's full of jokes. Mm-hmm. So my logical answer would be no, but you could see yeah. a Deadpool blade kind of crossover be quite fun. Mm-hmm. Just the sort of jokes Deadpool could make about, you know, being able to walk in the daytime and others not yeah. and things like that. Um, I'd be more inclined for that than Avengers. Okay. So I would. But no, I would think that if they were to bring Blade into um, the modern MCU, mm. uh, it would be full-blown recast, yeah. you know, retone, that to sort really of thing. Really tone down the character as yeah. well. Yeah. You wouldn't be getting the big sword fights that you see in the likes of this movie. The blood and plus the, the fact that the... Uh, do you watch Gotham? I stopped watching Gotham. Okay, because obviously the guy who plays Bullock is in this. This is true, yes. And I was like, oh, there's Bullock. Way, way back in the day. Yeah. Um, I do plan to go back to Gotham. So I do, I've kind of just decided that once the couple of seasons after I stopped her up on Netflix, I'll just kind of go and binge and all one season's up there at the minute yeah, past what I stopped season three um, that's sitting there but I think once three and four is up I'll just I'll go and I'll binge season two three was sort the, of just to go off top of season three was the best season for me which is which is hilarious that that's I dropped out at the end yeah. of season two mm-hmm. for that but um, no because there's of course there's been talk of Boyega and stuff <laughs> like that okay we're, I thought you were talking about Gotham I was bringing it on I was what? bringing it back Boyega's going into Gotham I was bringing it back um John Boyega's kind of dropped wee hints that he would like to be involved in the MCU and folks are saying, oh, well, you'd be cool with Blade and things like that. I'd be happy with Boyega's yeah. a, a modern Blade. I think it could work. Um, but no, definitely don't think the tone would fit with the current way of things with the MCU, different times, different mm-hmm. era. Um, but would I like to see the character involved in the modern MCU? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? I, w- I would be the same. Like, obviously, they would have to really tone down the character. You know, like they couldn't have you know the amount of blood everywhere because obviously these films, obviously, oh, that's going back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fire truck. Um, but obviously, there's so many characters now, and it'd be nice for him to get his like his own set. You know, like movies as well. But I think that would be something that because didn't, didn't they try a TV series and it kind of didn't do too yeah, well yeah I never watched that and never really planned to either <laughs> it's not something I've ever thought so, of dabbling in obviously the film has a very dancey soundtrack and uh, that scene we first see Blade is this the best music in the movie and the only memorable music big box little box cardboard box over and over again 
Yeah. But yeah, for <laughs> me, this is a pretty class opening to this movie with music. The music, I'm a big music guy. You know this. Music is as big a part of a movie for me as what's on screen because if one doesn't work, the other doesn't kind of capitalize. Yeah. Um, I think some people had that sort of thing with Rogue One a bit that they said the music maybe didn't feel exactly Star Warsy. So for some folks, certain that didn't kind of certain parts of it did, but then there were certain parts you're like, like really, this doesn't go well with that part. But that's the sort of thing is if the music doesn't gel, if the music yeah. doesn't fit, you get pulled out a bit. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing this movie. I saw it probably at an age when I shouldn't have been. Because <gasps> what year was this? Do you remember? Well, um, it's early nineties, nineteen ninety eight. Because my next question is, <laughs> I was say early nineties. That's me. I'm a bit off there, but you know. Because my next question is about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, nineteen ninety eight. I'd have been nineish, so would have didn't obviously see it in the I cinema. I don't want to play this game. <laughs> didn't see it in the cinema, obviously. So I probably saw it about ninety nine, two thousand when it was out. I would have been twenty. Yay! Uh, but uh, when I first saw that and this opening scene with the combo of the music and the action and all yeah. that was going on, I'm not going to say it blew my mind, but it was like, wow, this is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, this is involving like the bloodbath from yeah. the, sprin- the sprinklers above and then he just samurai swords all around him and Shot- things like that. He goes in with shotguns and stuff, first mm-hmm. of all. And then he like throws one and pins somebody the silver spikes yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. But for me, this might be going a bit far, but it would be one of my favourite opening scenes in a movie. Just for the whole combination yeah. of things. I, know, I get I get that, I get that. Because obviously you you see how you see how that character is and how that character fights, so that gives you a kind of a, a taster of what's to come later on in the movie with yeah. the fighting and things like there's, that. There's no messing about it. It's like, here we go, this this is what he's about. And, uh, yeah, you're along for the ride, really. Okay, so like we've just said, Blade was released, uh, first released in 1998, some 20 years later. Does it still hold up for our viewing pleasure? My answer to that is no. The, the CGI in this is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, well, like, I, th- I, I would, I would hundred percent agree with you. There. There's even a part wherever he's going to fight the main villain, um, which we'll get on to in a minute. Um, in fact, the next question. Um, but there's a part wherever there's a couple like people who come after him, and it's whenever he has like the serum that he injects, and then they go all puffy, yes, and then they yes. go, and then the blood, but the blood goes across the screen. And it just looks like somebody's just got a tin of paint and just went and then throwing it. It just looks awful. And I was just sitting there just going, wow. But mm. whenever you think of a movie like Jurassic Park, which was out before this. 1993. That still holds up well. Five years prior to this. Yeah, that still holds up well. Whereas this, just certain parts of it, like uh, the part to do with the train <laughs> as well. Just, oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. horrendous. Um, no. It's not something I've researched or anything like that to see budget differences and stuff like that between this and Jurassic Park. I would say, oh, it's well, probably, I would say it's, it would be a fair conclusion that Jurassic Park probably had a more considerable budget to it than Blade. I would imagine uh, so, Because, yeah. again, superhero movies, especially at this time, uh, would have been a very niche market. So the uh, movie guys, you know, the, the different, uh, you know, Paramount, Fox, Disney, all these sort of guys... 
These, right. Blade, they aren't going to dump the big bucks. Blade's budget was $45 million. At the box office, it took $131 million. So, by today's standards, that's the original Deadpool movie. The first Deadpool movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was around the $40 million mark. Um, so, that what would be comparable. Uh, so, 45 Jurassic Park's was 63 that's actually not as high as and I thought and that box office was 1.029 billion yeah that was a so. that was a heck of a money maker <laughs> yeah, um, that makes Jurassic Park even more impressive when you think about it mm-hmm. um, but that's not what we're here to talk about no. we're not here to talk about Blade um, but not surprising to see how close the budgets are that uh, it shows you what uh, Spielberg was able to get money wise in 1993 and what was achievable with computers in 1993 in comparison here to 1998 yeah um, not that there's a lot of stuff there is practical stuff in this as well effects which are okay but it is like you say I think the big issue CGI wise uh, is the blood mm-hmm. the blood in some situations and we'll probably get to talk about it when we talk about the body um, there's a specific blood scene which is just like you talk about the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's there was actually a, an alternative ending where I think Blade cuts him in half and he floats, mm-hmm. but he floats and then he's like just the top half. Yes, and you're like, and even that, but before it was even finished, just like an absolute Awful. joke. Yeah, and you're like okay. Well, speaking of him, Marvel movies sometimes seem to have a problem with bad guys and the fact they don't seem that evil is that the case in Blade because to be honest with you I watched this uh, movie a couple of weeks ago I can't I know of Stephen Dorff or however you say his surname who played this guy I have no idea what the guy's name was uh, he's just that forgettable to oh, me I'm trying to remember the name too I, I can he, I can kind of hear it in the back of my head what it is we'll but, find out uh, in a sec. come on I IMDB but if you're wanting me to put him in the grand scheme of things... He was called Deacon Frost. That's it. I knew it was something to do with cold. Um, put him in comparison to movie villains that we have in the MCU nowadays. Mm-hmm. He would be down there towards the bottom. Yeah. There's no doubts about that because he is very much, as I described them, a twirl moustache, twirl moustache villain. Yeah. And again, pretty much the same kind of villain as what the hero is. Yeah. He's very much sort of, oh, I'm not getting my way, so I'm going to kind of take over. And then, you know, there's all the stuff with, you know, kidnapping a child and all that nonsense. So there is and kind of holding them hostage, you know. There's nothing, there's nothing he really does that makes you go... Oh right, okay. He's a mega threat to Blade. Now, yes, of course they try to build that towards the end, but you know all he does is do huffy things like taking boys out. <laughs> huffy, in the... huffy he is. Things. He's a bit of a huff. Like if you look at it, he's a bit like a spoiled brat, really. <laughs> you know that the others look down their nose at him and things. Um, and what's he do? Take a few of them out and flip and let the sun rise and let them get burnt away that sort of thing yeah. you know that was another part whenever they took you man and ripped his teeth out and then he kind of was the sun rose and they had the biker helmets on I'm like surely if they're out in the sun it's not their face it's the everything that goes you know like if you watch the likes of Angel or Buffy or whatever yeah. you know like it doesn't matter where you 
if you're exposed to sunlight, it's not yeah. just your face and away you go. Now, it sounds like we're tearing this movie apart in these last two questions, but it isn't the case. I do very much enjoy Blade, but you have to be critical with these things. You have to say what you like, what you don't like. That's sort of thing. It might be different for you all. There might be some person out there listening to this that's saying that he is the best villain they've ever seen on screen. <laughs> okay, okay. That, okay, that might be a slight push, but, you know. Right, well, obviously, to do with comics and stuff, I have several first appearances and stuff there. The first appearance in Blade was in the comic Tomb of Dracula. I think it was number 10. And I had a look on eBay to see how much one would cost. Okay. Uh, the first appearance of Blade would have stung you £150. If you were a comic collector, would Blade be somebody that you would want the first appearance of? Um, that sounds terribly negative, Chris, but no. Um, I do love this movie. I do love this character, by the way, folks. But with all that has come superhero-wise on the big screen mm-hmm. since this movie there would be a lot of other characters that I would probably be after first Iron Man Ant-Man that sort of thing yeah um, Hulk probably even you know those are your, you know your MCU regulars yeah but would he if I was outside of that MCU sort of bubble you know if mm-hmm. the main guys your Iron Mans and your Captain Americas and your Black Widows those sort of guys would it be one I'd probably think about yeah so you know there'd be no doubts there because it is a it is a character I enjoy, um, not that I'd maybe be able to get it signed because Wesley Snipes is dodgy. <laughs> Tax return. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I'd be up for it. Like, what about you? You probably you're a lot more into your comics than he's, I would he's, be. He's one that would be very on the peripheral side of things, like. You know, whenever you look at a Marvel Universe, he, for me, he doesn't even come in the, the top 10. You know, like it maybe be in the top 20 slash 30. That, you know, like once you start running out of characters, like, oh, I like this character, that yeah, character. Because you, you have to start thinking down to the legs of, you know, once you're out of that MCU bubble and you've got your Daredevils. And then you've got your X-Men, Electras. you've got your Fantastic Four, you've got your Luke Cage, you've got your Jessica Jones, you've got so many other ones, you know, like like that. And you're like be more prominent nowadays. Yeah, exactly. So Blade seems to be, because it was like then, has kind of been put on the back burner, you know, like, and that's one that I don't think people kind of bought. The same way... The polar opposite of what happened with Deadpool. If you'd gone, if you'd went to a comic book store in nineteen ninety eight, if it was like then, I have no idea. But and you went in and you saw the first appearance of Deadpool, you could have got that for five bucks. Yeah, very cheap. Got for five ten quid. Now, whew, you're Slimmer. you're talking th- you're talking thousands for it, and you know like I managed to get the second appearance of Deadpool for four pounds in the comic shop. Fair enough, it's not the first, but that's a key issue, as yeah. they say. But it's not one that'll go, oh, I'll go and get it graded or anything like that, because they're a dime a dozen, you know, there's a lot of them about, but whenever you're talking the first appearance, or f- the, normally those first two or three are the, the big mm-hmm. money markers, but it's normally the first with the likes of, say, you know, Gambit, I have his first cameo and his first appearance, so whenever the Gambit movie... If it ever comes out with who's it meant to be Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum, yeah. If that ever comes out, then that will then rocket and value. Uh, for me, uh, the Gambit movie is very much like you mentioned last week with uh, He Man. Mm. I would believe it when I see a trailer. Fair enough. Okay, Wesley Snipes became attached to this project because he was in discussions with Marvel Comics to play Black Panther. 
Do we have the better Black Panther now in Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, I remember hearing this a while back because I think Wesley Snipes did come out sort of around when Black Panther was released. Mm -hmm. And this was a talking point that he said he was originally in discussions uh, about a Black Panther movie around the time. When you think of Black Panther and what we got now, it's very hard to say that you didn't get the better Black Panther. Mm -hmm. um, Because you have to think you would not have got anywhere near as good a movie. It comes down to different factors between the actors, the director, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but to answer your question simply, yes, I think we got the better Black Panther in Chadwick Boseman. Um, would it have been interesting to see Wesley Snipes as Black Panther? Yes. But would have it maybe been as successful as Blade at this time? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that he plays the part of Blade well because whenever he's in a film, it seems to be he doesn't... In in his films, you know what I say, like Passenger 57 or Expendables or Blade, he doesn't interact with a lot of characters. Yes. And the characters he interacts with, he doesn't... He's not somebody who can project uh, like love or empathy. Yes. For me, he's... Not, I, I'm not saying that for oh, me myself. He's, he's not. He's not a a caliber actor. No, that's like you know asking Arnold Schwarzenegger to do a very tearful movie scene. It's just not something you would that's, expect. That, that's the bracket of actor, though. I, yeah. I'd put Wesley Snipes yeah. in with as the likes of your Arnolds or whatever. Yeah, he's that sort of action movie guy that is known. That's part of the reason why he ended up in the Expendables, mm-hmm. bar, bar needing a job after his tax return in- instance. Um, I keep going back to this. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, but still, when I watch this movie, I don't see Wesley Snipes. I see Blade. Yeah. Now, just because he's not an over-the-top, really good emotional actor or anything like that, doesn't matter. But that works for this character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he plays. No, he his... is meant to be half vampire, half yeah. human, whose mother died when he was being born. Thus, the reason him getting you know, the powers of being able to be a vampire, and the negatives of being a vampire, also of course. But then the positives of being able to go and walk in the daylight and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. But you know, his thing in life is revenge. You know, taking out vampires and all that sort of stuff. What are you expecting? Some sort of Shakespeare performance of, you know, vampire over there, doth protest. (laughs) I am coming with you with my silver spike, you know, this sort of thing. No, you don't. I think, and I don't know whether you have him coming up mentioning him wise, but Whistler. That's actually my next question. Well, if you want to say that then first, we can always move into that. Well, Chris Christopherson's character Whistler was created for Blade's cameo on the 1994 cartoon show Spider-Man. He was liked so much by Marvel CEOs that he was adopted into the Marvel Universe. For you then, I would take it that he played a pivotal role in this movie. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. Is I feel even looking at my questions. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen any of his questions here, folks. So I'm kind of going blind here. So uh, with me dropping little things that maybe come up here, uh, don't hold me to it or anything like that. But no, I think Chris Christopherson is a huge part of this movie, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe comes back to what we were saying there about Wesley Snipes not giving. The most dramatic of performances. He's very, you know, straight faced, yeah. and you know, I'm away to 
shoot these guys and spike these guys and all this sort of stuff. Because, of course, he's pretty much kind of like his dad mm-hmm. in this. Um, and the closest, I'm not going to say the closest, really, but the most emotional moment in this movie is, of course, when Whistler's kind of jumped by yeah. the other vampires and Blade comes back to find him mm-hmm. absolutely in a terrible condition. He's obviously going to turn into a vampire and he has to leave the gun with him. Yeah. And you hear the gun shot in the background. And that, even though, and it's the oddest thing to say, he's a straight-faced on the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, Wesley Snipes, he's not showing any real emotion when he's walking away or whatever. But even though he's straight-faced, you can tell somehow that from what you've known of that character so far and the interactions between the yeah. two of them, that that is eating him up inside about what's just happened and he knows of course he has to shoot him otherwise he's going to have to hunt him as a vampire mm-hmm. and anyway and kill him what do you think of his performance his performance was good don't get me wrong and I think this is maybe what led into with the you know like from Iron Man on getting not an established actor but a recognised name in as like a supporting actor yeah, yeah. you know because obviously we had Jeff Bridges and Iron Man, you know, we've had like Anthony Hopkins, Michael Douglas, Samuel L. Jackson, Jim from Neighbours, Robert you know. Redford. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but the list goes on and on, but it all, had to, it all had to start somewhere. And I think with him being a big name, you know, like it's not as if Wesley Snipes was an unknown at the time. Oh, but no. Sometimes whenever you have that other name there, it kind of gives that, you know, like so. We, you know, whenever I was that age, I might have known who Wesley Snipes is, but my father may not have. He might have known who Chris Christopherson was because yeah. he saw him acting this. So we're like, all right, well, do you want to go and see that? Because, you know, like he's maybe your favourite actor or what? Yeah. Like you said about your mum with Idris Elba. You know, like obviously maybe Thor is her favourite set of movies because he's in that and that's yeah. maybe her favourite actor. You know, so. No spoilers, no spoilers, Chris. With what? Avengers. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying, you know, like you were just saying about in the last episode. Yes. About that, so that's why I'm saying that obviously him being in Thor, that him being a big part of that, that maybe no, that's why I, the Thor movies I would be their favourite. So for some people, Blade may be their favourite because of this or because if they watch Gotham and they like Bullock and then he's yeah. in this too. But no, it's quite funny that you say that about like you being, you know, having the knowledge of Wesley Snipes and your dad knowing Chris Christopherson. Exactly the same for me. Yes, I maybe didn't go to the cinema yeah. to see Blade because I wasn't old enough to go and see it. Being, I think this was really 18. I'd be shocked if it wasn't really yeah, it 18. Was. Um, but watching it at home, like my dad maybe wasn't sitting down watching it with me. Mm-hmm. But there maybe been a point where he just said, "Oh, you know, what? Who's in that movie?" And yeah, stuff oh, like that. It was Chris Christopherson. Like, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I was like, "What? Who?" Yeah, because I had no knowledge who Chris Christopherson was and his history and you know mm-hmm. what all he's done in the business. Um, but it was like one of those moments you're just like oh right okay and you're clued and you find out that sort of stuff but you have to kind of say and it's not we're not going to really talk too much about the other two movies in the trilogy too much maybe maybe a tiny bit well that'll um, probably be for the last question okay I'll hold my I'll hold my tongue then but okay. yeah uh, I enjoyed the interaction between them both I thought he was a good part of it um I also like the car. <laughs> That's an odd segue. Yeah. But I am a big car guy. Um, but Whistler obviously 
played a whole part in this. He was his mechanic. He was the guy who helped him mm-hmm. with his weapons, all that sort of stuff. Helped him with developing, you know, the whole stuff to keep his uh, yeah, vampire instincts yeah. mm-hmm. at bay, all that sort of stuff. So there's a huge connection between the two characters. And even though Wesley Snipes not the best Shakespearean actor, you'd feel the connection between the two. Okay. Uh, Stan Lee did have a cameo in the film, but was sadly cut out from the final version. Even back then, it was important to put him in a Marvel movie. This should have stayed in, but for you, Alan, what could you see Stan Lee in this movie portraying? Okay, so we have no knowledge of what his deleted scene is. Not that I know of. From what I gathered from the internet, I couldn't see anything. I'm actually going to have a look now. Because um, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think through the movie and think of the sort of, sort of situations that Blade was involved in and what he could have been in. Only sort of thing maybe jumping out at me right away because I don't see him being in the opening scene with the whole Raven dance club with the blood coming from the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. I don't see Stanley even at that stage in his life raving away in a big dance club. Um, only thing I could maybe think of is, you know, when, uh, like I mentioned, with the kid being kind of grabbed by Frost and him being out in the daylight and stuff and he throws the kid in like the front of the bus and Blade has to go and get yeah. the bus. Uh-huh. Only thing I could have thought is maybe Stanley sort of in and around that period where they're in like... What, or maybe the bus driver. Yeah, in and around that sort of time, you know, around the park or whatever, either being like a news agent guy, you know, yeah. one of a newsstand or a bus driver, which is, you know, apt. I could see him being something like a butcher. A butcher? Okay. Butcher, because then there could be a part wherever... I suppose, because that's where the club is at the beginning. Yeah, but then maybe selling blood... The vampires, mm-hmm. you know, but like, get your meat, get your blood, or something like that, you know. Could be a wee bit out there, yeah. Yeah, I could just see him doing, because obviously we see him in Deadpool, you know, like being like a um, announcer for the the entertainment mm-hmm. that are coming out. But I just thought, whenever I read that, I was like, oh, right. So he was actually, you know, like they'd done the cameo, but then obviously they didn't put it in the film. It wasn't like a um, deleted scene or anything, which we would probably have nowadays. Uh, to move on to... This is a bit of trivia, and I Ooh. want to see if you can get this right. Okay. Oh, no, probably not. So Stephen Dorff wasn't first cast for Deacon Frost. Oh, Alan, can you guess who it was going to be before they took another role? And who was originally considered for the role of Blade? Oh, I think I remember hearing this sometime. Oh, I cannot remember at all. You are going to have to tell me. Okay, hold on, because I want to... F- I'm pretty sure I remember what he... Um, Went to do? Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, sh- I, I should do. Let's see, I'm pretty sure that was around the same time. I remember hearing this one time, and I was like, Yeah, was it? yeah okay, yeah, I've got it. Go for it. Okay, well, who, who would you think would be considered for Blade then? For Blade? Yeah. At that time... Uh, Denzel Washington. <laughs> wow. <laughs> LL Cool J. Oh, no, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> Please, no, 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 no. No, I, the that other would not, one. That would not have worked for the me. The other one I think you might like. Okay. What, for he, Frost or Blade? For Frost. Okay. Um, he turned this down to star in Lethal Weapon 4. Okay. Which was Jet Li. Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah. I think the fight scenes between him and Blade would have been... Crazy. Because I think Dorf... No. <laughs> ...had no bit of fighting you know yeah. skills really whereas Wesley Snipes did have an active interest in 
you know, combat yeah. and especially the samurai swords, hence why it's such a huge part of the movie, a key part of his arsenal. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought, I think Jet Li would probably put in a far better performance as well. I think so, yeah. I think so myself. So he would have, um, but no, that's interesting hearing LL Cool J. Yeah, not definitely watching I suppose it's that sort of time period where LL Cool, cool J was kind of floating about there, having reasonably major performances, because he ended up in Pearl Harbor and all not too long after this as well. if... Hold on two sec, sorry, because I just want to... Not literally Pearl Harbor, obviously, folks. I'm not that Egypt. What is it you're... What's puzzling you now? I'm just seeing if it was around the same time. Oh, no, it was 2003. Obviously, he starred in SWAT. Yes. And I couldn't remember how old SWAT is. SWAT is 15 years old. And it ties it all in because then he's star with Nick Fury, so <laughs> it tied in the MCU. This is, this is the scary thing now: is the year two thousand and the following years feel like yesterday now, whereas uh, it's a wee bit longer than you think. So, final question for you, Alan, um, which you were talking about earlier on. After watching Blade, does this make us want to watch the sequels or just forget about the character altogether? Because I'd finished, <coughs> excuse me, I'd finished watching the first one. Yes, and then. I do have the other two there. I actually bought the other two from CEX for like 50p each. And then nice. once I watched the first one, I was like, do I want to watch the second? And the third one, I was like, no. Second one, yes. Mm-hmm. Third one, no. Now, is it the third one the one that has Ryan Reynolds in it? When third one has Ryan... David Hasselhoff. Third one has Ryan Reynolds and uh, Mrs. Timberlake, Jessica Biel. Okay. Uh, in it, and believe it or not can't remember the actor's name right now but uh mick from legends of tomorrow is the big bad oh dominic purcell that's the one okay. yeah he's the big bad he's the really? vampire in the third one. Oh, i did not know that go back and watch it because that's the one triple h is in as well yeah yeah oh, he's horrendous um he's the he's the big bad thereafter so uh shows you where things went for him after that movie yeah. no, don't get me wrong he still had prison break and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff and has had very good success in the arrowverse um, but it shows you how that movie probably maybe had a slight impact in his career. But I find uh, Blade Number Two a really, really strong that, movie. That's the one that has Johnny John Jules, aka the cat from yeah. Red Dwarf, in it. Um, and Hellboy, Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, I forgot about as that. Well, he's in it. He's a key part of it as well. He that was, that was kind of the start of his relationship with Guillermo del Toro, because mm-hmm. uh, that's who does the second Blade is Guillermo del Toro, which okay. is why. If you compare Blade 2 to the first Blade, mm-hmm. it's very kooky and very wacky and, you know, like the vampires, their mouth split open at their chin. That's right. That and sort of stuff. And is it that one that has your guy from Bross at the start or is that the third one? I can't remember. Because he's like lying down and mm-hmm. then like his mouth goes like that. Like you said. No, that's him. No, oh, that's, right, okay. that's Blade 2. Yeah, okay. Um, Mad Goss, I think. Yeah, it's... Because Blade 2 is all about the vampires wanting Blade's help because there's this other threat now to them because it can then prey on the vampires and oh, stuff. Right. Um, but no, I find Blade 2 the strongest movie. Even though I enjoy Blade 1, I feel the story of Blade 2 is just that bit stronger. Okay. It's a bit kookier in place. CGI is still a bit ropey. Yeah. But I think one of the big letdowns of the Blade trilogy is the fact that they brought Whistler back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this boy shot himself in the head. Oh no, he didn't. The vampires kept him in a flipping pod filled with liquid, aka a Bacta tank from Star Wars, um, and he's okay. He's fine. 
and then it's like, oh, we've got a cure for him, so he doesn't turn into a vampire. <laughs> so it's like, so you're just like, and then he, I think he gets killed in three again. I haven't watched three in forever, so I could be completely wrong about no, that. No, I think you're right with that. I think you're right with that. Because I think that's the whole thing, because Jessica Beale is his daughter. Yeah. And all that crazy nonsense. He does get killed in three again when the like raids the base. I'm remembering everything now from number three that it's not the best but that was again kind of looping back to what we were talking about last week uh, where we mentioned Greatest Royal Rumble and mm-hmm. Triple H that was during that time period where Triple H was like the guy on Monday Night Raw Yeah, and I remember hearing at the time oh he's going away to do this movie he's going away to do Blade and I was like yes we're going to get a break from him on TV <laughs> so that's what I enjoyed about Blade 3 was oh, it got Triple H speaking for of which, TV speaking of which I don't know if this is actually real or not but if it okay. is this it's just like another one that the Marine 6 that is real yeah wow Jeez. That, I, that does not look anything like Becky Lynch. No, there's some seriously bad CGI going on there in the background, so there is. Wow. Uh, I think one final thing I want to talk about um, for the first Blade, before we think about rounding things up, is actually the final scene. And this is as close to now, it doesn't happen anything like they do in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But this is probably as close as you kind of got to a post credit scene. Because the movie rounds itself up and Blade walks away kind of into the distance with the... That's one person we didn't talk about, the woman that's involved oh, in this was, whole thing. Yeah, that's inconsequential, really. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Her character meant nothing that's, to me. That's, again, movie differences to the 90s and now and yeah. the importance of some female characters in movies back then, especially superhero ones. She was very much damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. But... They walk away into the distance and it's like, oh, movie over. And then you just see this shot of snow falling. And it's a parallel to the beginning. Because in the beginning of the movie we saw, oh, it was this guy and this girl and she coaxes him into the club. And then it's, oh, it's the bloodbath. And she was bringing him as kind of like a treat, Mm -hmm. so to say, to all the other vampires. Um... And then you get that parallel at the end in this separate scene in Russia where it's this guy and this girl and they're walking along and it looks like something similar is going to happen. Yeah. That she's taking them somewhere to an equal club in Russia as to what's been happening. Uh, And you just see this shot of him standing in the snow with the sword out and the snow's falling and he just starts talking to her in Russian. I just remember him, you know, like saying like comrade and you know Dovrish and stuff like that. That's the key word in Russian that She's I remember. Shoot the glass. And then that's, that's German. But then that's where it ends. Yeah. As like a tease for the next movie, and then we never get that at all. I would have loved to have seen that mm-hmm. as a potential sequel of like Blade in like Russia. Yeah. Going after vampires or something. Maybe like that's that. where Black Widow will show up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I still enjoy Blade Two. Yeah. The direction it went. But I very much would have enjoyed some sort of Russian madness with Blade. Okay. Um, obviously, we've reviewed a film here. Is there... Now, we don't have to do this, but is there a certain film that you want to do for the next one? I'm happy to go with the flow, Chris, if there's something in particular that you're wanting to. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like, since we're sticking with Marvel ones, we can either do the original X-Men movie. Right. Um, I'm just thinking outside the box we can either do that 
A film that I don't think we've talked about right. is the original Turtles movie. Wow, okay. Or, if you wanted to, we could do the original Transformers, the one that has Shia LaBeouf in it. Cause oh, I, oh that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting set to pick from, Chris. I'm just trying to pick different ones. I'm, I was trying to go for some DC, but the only ones we could do would be if we wanted to do the original Batman. Um, the Superman ones. The, prob- the problem is we have kind of discussed a lot of the Batman movies okay. in the past with our previous episodes. If you want to listen to those, go back. There was a whole, I think it was a Halloween sort of special around that time. I think it was episode two or four, I think. It's way back, but it's yeah. a Halloween special. So look around that sort of October, early November time frame, folks, of sort of 2008-ish. Or the only other thing would be Reeves' Superman. Let me think. Let's go for Turtles. Okay. Um, because we have been hitting people hard with Marvel. Okay. So we'll save X-Men for a wee while. We'll maybe save that. Uh, I was going to say for Dark Phoenix later in the year, but that's been delayed <laughs> that's next year, year, hasn't it? Okay. Uh, we'll save X-Men for a while. Well, what we'll do is... There's interesting stuff I can say about that, because, of course, I have visited the X-Mansion when I was in LA, so I'll save, oh. I'll save that What we'll do then is, with the next one, whenever we review Turtles, you pick three movies for me to choose from okay we'll, we'll do that's, it that, that sounds like we'll do one. it that way from going forward then turtles is uh an, you know an extra step back into uh the history books in comparison to blade so going, yeah going a bit further back into the retro archives but still sounds like a good one still make. following on with the swords exactly and various different yes ninja items yeah but yeah, no, I'm up for Turtles. That'd be a good story. Okay, so yeah, the next review of a movie will be Turtles. If you want to, you could send us our, your thoughts on the original Turtles movie. Is it still the best Turtles movie? Obviously, we've had three those live action ones. We've had the animated one from two thousand and six. Six, yeah. That's again, that's scary. Twelve years. What? I know. And then you're t- <laughs> looking at the original, the newer Turtles, and then the one that had Stephen Amell and Megan Fox. Who I'm, I'm actually meeting Casey Jones. And April O'Neil then, whenever I think well, about hey, it. Hey, yeah. look at you. I know. Um, but yeah, so like you can um, email us your thoughts at vento316 at gmail.com or we have a Facebook page. Just type in Operation Retroshock. Send us a message. You can do it that way. Or DMs will be open on Twitter at RetroshockPod. Slide, slide in those DMs. Yeah, what's... like Titus O'Neil sliding uh, worldwide. And, um, so yeah, you could do it that way. You can follow Alan on Twitter at Alan G W Price. That's A L L A N G W Price. And then nice. follow me, Vento three one six. Also on YouTube, Vento Mania. Although I haven't really uploaded something cheap for quite plugs, some time. Cheap plugs. Yeah, and I have done blogs and stuff. So you can do Vento three one six dot WordPress dot com. I, I believe I, it I've is. I've been keeping you too busy on the podcast for you going to your YouTube channel. Yeah, pretty much. But sometimes you just think, do I have anything really exciting to talk about? And you're like, no. So the right words you're saying, your life's boring. <laughs> I just don't have any, anything Sorry, interesting I'm, I'm, for people to talk about. I'm, Maybe at the end of the month, I'll do a video to do with um, Heron's Villains, but I'll probably do an I audio thing as well. here as well because I do like showing the autographs that you I sh- get. You should do that well. when you're about Heroes and Villains. Do like a wee like recording the odd thing like experiences and stuff like that and we can like snippet them together I do ha- I do have like a recording thing on my phone so I could do that and then just email them to you who are like you one. going with I'm going with me Robbie Simon Karen Dave and Gemma well that would be perfect so there's a that lot of people there a lot of different views so that yeah. would be awesome okay I'm so that's, that that's we'll, we'll dedicate one of our shows it'll probably be the start of June by the time obviously you come back because there's yeah. probably not going to be much time uh, so it'll probably be that and then it would be our solo stuff 
Yeah, because yeah, I'll that. need to see that at some stage as well. So There will be a lot to do this yep. month because we'll have Deadpool, we'll have Solo as well. But yes, uh, we'll see you next week, folks, where we'll have some more RetroShock news. As Chris mentioned, feel free to get in touch on Twitter at RetroShockPod. He's already told you our ones as well. But thank you all very much for listening. Bye. Turtle power! Do 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 do